Hi guys, welcome to the Fitness Diaries podcast. On today's episode, I sit down with Mike Puma, who is the co-founder and owner of Gotham Burger Social Club. You guys have seen my stories, you know my burger obsession, you know my burger obsession with this burger. It is phenomenal every single freaking time. And I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you go try one of his burgers because you will not be disappointed. Hi guys, welcome to the Fitness Diaries podcast. I am here today with Mike Puma, who is the founder and creator of Gotham Burger Social Club. And if you haven't heard of them, you're about to. Um, Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So for people who don't know about you, before we get into my burger obsession, (laughs) um, tell them a little bit of backstory. Uh, Well, we we started this really as a one-year burger tour with some friends. It was was always supposed to be. So I, I like to... So any success or anything that we've done through Instagram really happened as organically as possible. Um, back in 2013, there was an article uh, about the best burgers in New York City in, I think it was Time Out Magazine. Okay. Simply took a cover, a picture of the cover of that, put something on Facebook and said, who wants to go on a burger tour? We'll try one of these a month and see which ones we like the best. Uh, and it was really never any interest to go any further than that. Um, now, were these friends or people that you knew or just people that just... Yeah, friends. Okay. All friends. Um, that, that's what makes another part of this hard is when, when we do meet up and people ask to join. You know, we started with 15 guys and we still have 15 guys today. And as you know, living in New York City, it's not easy to get a table sometimes for two people. Correct. So getting a table for 15 guys to have burgers becomes really challenging. Uh, but when we started uh, the club... I guess it was October 13, Instagram was just starting to become something and I realized it might be fun to just start a page for us to look at and take some pictures and really with no intention that would ever go fast, the 15 guys in the group of which half of my guys, because we're a little bit older, aren't even on Instagram. They don't give a damn about Instagram. Um, And then the followers started picking up and then we had some press. Uh, and then it just kind of took over from there. There was a couple of aha moments along the, the over the years. One, when people said they stopped looking at the eater list and the thrillist list uh, because they found them dated and we were just writing more honest lists. We weren't afraid to criticize some places. Right. Uh, and people started to appreciate that. And then there were all the requests to join. And I realized, all right, there, there's something to what we're doing. Um, and then, like I said, there were... Lot, we were fortunate enough to get a lot of press a few years ago. That helped boost our followers. Um, and we've just seen this evolution through social media that when I started this in 2013, the, the term influencer didn't exist. Right. You know, there was no component. Nobody was going out to do this for sponsorships or free crap, whatever it is. Um, so this all happened very organically for us. And then where we are today, up until COVID, we were going to restaurants every month. We would find new burgers, rate them. Obviously, COVID hits. We're not going anywhere. Right. Uh, there are new, no new burgers. Um, so we had uh, probably five years ago uh, started getting solicited to do some fundraisers. A lot of animal organizations, stuff that we were close to, asked us you know, to do special events to raise money. One of the events, I said it would be fun if you guys made a burger to sell at it. We collaborated with the restaurant we were working at. We came up with this burger, um, which is more of a crude form of the Gotham Smash today. Uh, 
but it became a hit. And then there were fundraisers at Pig Beach that they asked us to do. The Jeff Michener event, uh, uh, an event for Carl Ruiz who passed away. Yeah, i And we were serving our burger. And a lot of times you've been there, my head's down. When I'm on the grill, it's kind of this intense pace. I'm right. just trying to get them out as right. fast as possible. Right. And somebody goes, do you see what's going on? And I'm like, no, I kind of pick up my head. And there are stations to the right of us. And there's Chris Lilly, there's Billy Durney, there's Josh Capon. I mean, some of the greatest in, in, the, in the business with just amazing food. And we have this huge line in front of us. And there's no lines that, there. That's got to be just an awesome feeling. Yeah, I mean, that was another aha moment that I'm like, all right, maybe this burger is pretty good. Just a uh, little. Just a little. It is. You know, I, I stay humbled. I, I, I don't quite sometimes get it. It blows my mind. I um, take home two or three burgers. I know. I haven't, though. I, and I, I haven't. Our, our, our biggest fan, she'll come and purchase 30 burgers. 30 doubles. Shut up. To go. And she freezes them. Uh, she can't always make our events. So when we do ones on Mondays, she's like, I'm there. She's like, if you don't mind, can I pre-order 30 doubles and I freeze them and we heat them up and we, you know, me and my husband would love them. So that, I mean, that, that blows my mind. That blows my mind that people are in love with it that much. So it's been quite a year. Uh, it's great that people have participated in what we're trying to do, which is, you know, help out some of the bars. Um, the hardest part for me is, you know, I'm a one-man kind of shop with... So you don't have an assistant or anything? You see the people that will work right. with me, well, and like, I, I rotate friends who maybe need some help right now and could use the money and that are available and want to donate their time and, and have a little fun with it. Um, but, yeah, I don't have a, a truck. I don't have a van. I'm not moving really? grills. These grills... Mike, we got to get you a, a van! Yeah, I need something. Because I get a lot of people that say, oh, can you come do something at my, my bar? And I don't have the right car for this. I have a very small car. So I bought the grills. I leave them at the bars that I do stuff at. So it's kind of hard for me to be mobile and do stuff. So I do tell some places, I said, one, if you have a flat top or buy one, then it's yours. I can come back at any time. The grills we use are under 300 bucks, so they're not a big investment. Uh, but they're also fun to have. Um, okay, so how did you, though, come up with what you're putting in the meat and, like, what bun you're going to use and what So the, the style of the burger, you know, it's, you'll look at an Oklahoma uh, fried onion burger, a, a New Jersey classic slider, and it's by the process of steaming the onions, cooking the onions into the beef. So that's what makes this burger delicious, in my opinion. Um, I like that roadside style that... Elevated fast food style. There's something nostalgic about it. I mean, there's a lot of great burgers out there, a lot of great styles. For me, I think less is more when it comes to a burger. Right. I just like that familiar flavor, you know, a little special sauce and pickles, a little bit of mustard, a little ketchup, um, but using the best ingredients we can find. So I'm using, you know, the best onions I can find. Fantastic beef from New York Valley Wagyu. They have a great blend that we've been working with using Martin's potato buns. Um, so these, you know, all these things collectively and then the tools I'm using, you know, a great smasher, I'm using a great flat top, uh, and that hopefully produces a better burger as well. So you became a chef then after? I would never call myself. Okay. Chef. All right. I'm hardly a chef. Home cook, a burger <laughs> enthusiast. Uh, I know how to make a few things, but you know, uh, definitely not a chef. No chef. Okay. I, I didn't put in my dues to be called a chef. All right. All right. All right. So when you go out to a restaurant, what do you look for in a burger? What is your... 
So I, I enjoy seeing what the chef creates. Um, to me, the biggest problem with a lot of burgers out there at restaurants, they're either too overzealous with the toppings or they're using the wrong bun. Um, some buns can get really dense, be very dry, and I don't care how good the beef is, how great the toppings are, it's gonna be a crappy burger if the bun is bad. Uh, so you wanna look for a great bun. Obviously, the meat quality needs to be there. Um, and the burger to bun ratio. But those are a couple of things I look for. Favorite burger in New York City? That's tough. Um, a highest rated burger for the burger club, and that's collective out of the 15 guys, is Suprema Provisions, which makes a really unique, different burger down in the West Village. Okay. Um, it is a fantastic burger. You know, it's, it's a little different from, it's kind of out of the outside of the box a little bit, but not trying too hard. Favorite um, burger anywhere. If I had to have one burger that wasn't my own, and it, and it sounds cocky to say that, but it really is the burger I love, and you can't get that smash burger here in New York. You know, nobody's doing that style. Um, if I had one burger to have right now, it might be the dry age burger at Bowery Meat Company. That one's really good. Um, there's a burger at Harold's. That's similar to my style. That one's real good. Uh, the French onion soup burger at La Ravage. Have you ever had that one? No, but I saw your video. That looked really good. That one's a fantastic burger. Again, getting going outside of the box of what I normally eat. Um, Billy Durney does a great burger at uh, Red Hook Tavern. I know it's a Peter Luger's. But yeah, there's so many great burgers. And there's so many great styles. You know, We always say nothing tastes better than memories. So what you grew up on is what you're going to crave and love. Right. You know, I look at places like J.G. Mellon. If you grew up on the oh, Upper West Side. Oh, that's a great burger. You're going to absolutely love yeah. that burger. You know, that's going to be your, your favorite one. So there's a lot of good 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 stuff out there. Yeah, because the only burger before yours that I, abs I mean, loved, um, in Santa Monica, there's a burger called, uh, there's a place called Father's Office. Yep, I've had it. Great burger. Really burger. And that's another one that kind of goes a little bit outside of the box. Yeah. But it's a fantastic burger. you can't change anything on that burger. Yeah. That's a phenomenal burger. Absolutely. Um, and then one of my favorites in Seattle, and it's kind of like an In-N-Out or Dick's Burgers. They're, I've never had They're just, they're greasy and just awesome. Sounds perfect. Um, do you have a favorite restaurant? In the city? Um, Anywhere. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great restaurants. And I think of who hasn't closed. I know, it sucks. It's just My sad. favorite restaurant in New York City was actually Del Posto, which did close. Um, yeah, to me, restaurants, you know, it's, it's not just about the food. There's the decor, there's the service. Right. You know, there's so much that encompasses what makes the whole meal great. You know, it's not just what's on the plate. It's everything from when you walk in to when you leave, how you're treated, uh, you can look at the wine list, cocktail list. I mean, there's so many things that go into what makes a great restaurant. Now, you also have a love for bourbon and whiskey. Yes. And then do you have a favorite bourbon and whiskey? Yeah, I mean, we've been big fans of Michter's for a long time. Okay. Um, and I've had the pleasure over the years of actually become friendly with them. Uh, but they just produce some fantastic stuff. Uh, Four Roses. Uh, Jefferson's, Old Forester. I mean, there's there's so many great brands out there. Um, and when you get to meet some of these people, that's when you get that story behind the product. 
that just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, I love that. That's like me with wine um, because my sister used to manage a winery at Eisenhower Cellars. Mm -hmm. So when I go home to Seattle, I get pretty spoiled with wine. And Mark Ryan has a wine that I absolutely love called Numbskull. So I love hearing stories because it makes it so much It opens up whole new dimensions to Mm -hmm. everything. And you start viewing things differently when you see where it comes from and what went into it. You know, you, you, those things go through your head as you're tasting it. It's a whole new experience. Yeah. How do you think COVID, COVID we're all in this. Yeah. I mean, how do you think COVID is going to affect? Do you think it's still going to affect the things that it's affecting? Or do you think eventually this is all going to come back? Because a lot of people are thinking, okay, we're just screwed. Well, are we talking, about New, are we talking about New York City or are we talking about the country? I think... Well, New York, well, I think everywhere, because you can't you can't eat in a restaurant right now, which is the most ridiculous thing to me. I understand why they did it, because yeah. in restaurants, you don't wear the masks. But, but you can make the argument that's not where the spikes came from. Based on their metrics, we saw the numbers. We exactly. saw where the spikes came from. Sometimes I think the numbers are made up. And regardless of the number, let's just use his metrics. You know, at 1.4, 1.7... Indoor dining wasn't the culprit for this. We saw it was people traveling and getting together. Um, I just, yeah, I have a hard time believing that it's the 20 people eating inside of a restaurant that is causing this pandemic. Um, But, you know, that's, it's a a debate that people like to have. Um, You know, we look at some areas that are completely open and their rates are in line with ours and we're completely shut down. So as for, you know, I heard a doctor say something on television yesterday saying that he thinks masks are going to be a part of the part of our way of life for the rest of our lives. Well, and they're saying that you have to get a COVID test in order to travel. Yeah. Or the vaccine, vaccine. sorry. I'm thinking, I mean, I could go to my theory of what I think is going to happen. I don't think you can force people to get vaccines. I will get the vaccine. I don't have a problem with it, but just in our freedom, how do you tell somebody you have to do anything? Yeah, you know how you shouldn't have to do anything. A free country. You should want to because it's the right thing to do right. and it makes sense. Um, but yeah, he said uh, he thinks masks are gonna be a way of our, and I'm like, that's insane. I can't wait to stop wearing these things. I wear them because they make people feel good. Sometimes they make me feel better. I don't know if they completely serve the purpose they're supposed to. I don't think everybody's wearing the correct mask. Um, for me, one thing that it helps touching your face unnecessarily that you sometimes just forget and then you go oh, oh yeah. shit I, I didn't yeah. wash my hands I just did this mm-hmm. and I went you know touched my nose or you know scratched something um, so that helps but if that's you know that's a small price to pay to get through all of this uh, but as for what the landscape's going to look like listen people are going to get back to normal there's going to be a time period where people are going to laugh and say can you imagine I remember after September 11th people said I'm never flying again you know it bounced back really fast I think New York City is going to have its own issues because we have lost so much right. and we're losing so much revenue from tourism and commuters that there will be this shift that people are going to just stay working from home. You know, they're, they're, they're counting their dollars and they're now realizing I could still be as productive at home and I'm saving you know, $10,000 a year in commuting costs and dry cleaning and lunches and everything else. That's real money at the end of the day. And that is going to be tough to get somebody to turn that switch back. Uh, but I think eventually, in my opinion, FOMO is going to bring the city back. Everybody's going to be seeing people out. 
having fun safely, back in bars, back in clubs, going to concerts, going to new restaurants, and they're going to be sitting at home on their couch going, what am I doing? My day is now Groundhog's Day every day. <laughs> I got to get the hell out of well, the That's house. why I work, I work out so much. I mean, I always worked out, but I work out so much. Yeah, I know the tourism will come back before the yeah, commuters. Yeah, but it was nice to go see the tree and not have a thousand people. Like, yeah. Right. That was nice. I mean, I hate to say it. Listen, during driving, you know, for the last year, driving has been, at least three of the last two months, was fantastic. You drive anywhere. There was no traffic. Uh, so, you know, it had its benefits. But, yeah, I think that the city will get back. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time, probably a couple of years. I mean, the question is, when do we get back to normal with full indoor dining, maskless dining, maskless everything? Who knows? How uh, your, that, that may still be part of the narrative for 2021. So how have your, you changed a lot with COVID with doing all the pop-ups? Um, I mean, it's just, it's just pivoting. And it, it's obviously you, you want to go out and dine a lot more, but it is hard. It's cold. You know, it's really tough to say, let's go sit in the cold and eat a meal outside. And I think it's even more difficult for fine dining in the more expensive places to dictate and say, I want to go spend $500 on dinner and eat on the sidewalk in a shack built of wood. This, you know, and restaurants are trying to elevate everything. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, if you put up a tent outside, have them be like, oh, well, it's ventilation and it's this and it's that. You know, it's a, it's a little a, igloos. But, you know, it's safe to go on the subway. I mean, the subway is not ventilated no. at all. People are on top I, of each other. And there are a lot of people not wearing masks or wearing them incorrectly. So... I think the subway is more of a problem than indoor dining, but that's, again, that's debatable. Um, oh, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. But if you're sitting on a, you look at a night where it's 25 degrees outside, you're, you know, the restaurants that do have great outdoor seating with heaters book up really fast because they only have maybe five tables available. Right. Um, Laura, the days are gone where you could just walk out, walk over and try and get a table. They don't have a table. I have done it. You walk down the street, there's nothing else open. Right. And you wind up just going home. You say, I don't even know where to go at this point. One day I walked from Battery Park City looking for a place. It was after the snowstorm for lunch. From Battery Park, I walked through Tribeca. I didn't find a restaurant until Soho. Really? That was open. I found the Soho Diner. And they had a tent that was completely closed up. It was no different from eating indoors. But... What, what they allow and what they don't is kind of insanity. It is. I agree. Now, let, I want to talk a little bit about Instagram because, like, we talked before, like, our podcast is new. We haven't even hit 1,000 followers, and I really need 10,000 to swipe up. So how did you – how do you think you got all your followers? What do you tell people that are trying to start stuff? Because, really, you can't – in order to be a successful influencer and to get the brands, you need followers. Yeah. Um, I don't think being verified is a big thing, but it would be nice. But how do you tell people, this is what I did? Like, how did you... Again, I mean, we, we started this by accident. Um, I am not technologically advanced. I don't have a real camera. <laughs> I have a phone and did everything with my phone. I don't even have a computer at home. Um, I think passion is going to be your biggest driver. You have to be doing it for the right reasons. Right. And if you're consistent in what you do, people are going to get that message, tune in, and you'll, you'll build your followers. 
there's a lot more noise now out there than ever. There's, you know, so many people, everybody wants to do this. Uh, so that makes it a lot more difficult than when I started. You know, when we started this, I mean, just in the last few years, I mean, we went from zero to 175,000 followers and let's call it five, six years. And the last year, I mean, we've only gained maybe 5,000 followers. So it's really slowed up the pace. Uh, people kind of had hit their max, you know, how much right. you can. And with the algorithm, I mean, I follow a thousand people or so. I swear I only see content from like 20 people. I feel like I just see the same 20 pages over and over. And I don't know if that's people aren't engaging as much, aren't, aren't posting as much. But I definitely don't see everybody. Do you feel content. like you should be posting every day, twice a day, stories every day? I think stories, yeah, to keep things kind of relevant, keep people motivated, keep them interested. Uh, and one to two posts a day. I mean, I think that's, I see some people that post a lot more. And I find that annoying. You know, if somebody's posting five times a day, it's... Oh, that would be annoying. You know, it's, it, it's constantly coming through your feed. Nothing's that important that you have to post five times a day. Uh, but at least once a day change up the times between morning, noon, and night, uh, just to kind of stay consistent. And share a message. Just ask yourself before you share, is, is this necessary? Is this Am I just posting because I'm trying to fill space and say, hey, look at me? Or is this something that means something to me and is important? Yeah, all your food pictures, those were like uh, <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> I was drooling just a little. Um, but that's, I mean, you see those and you're like, oh my God, I want that. Like, and one of the things that got us a lot of followers, we were very honest. And this is actually something I struggle with right now with COVID. The last thing you want to do right now is go out there and bash a restaurant. Right. You know, you don't, you know, and, and I never liked bashing restaurants. I would be honest. I'd say things I thought were overrated and I might point them in a different direction. If I didn't like the burger, I'd say, you know, the wings were great, but I didn't love the burger. Or I'd go back here to have a drink any day. I love the bar. Um, but, you know, it's a sensitive subject right now. And I think if you are serious about what you do, instead of going on and bashing them, say, listen, I'm not going to post about the meal, especially if it's a comped meal and they're bringing you in and they want you to promote their restaurant. Say, here's what I think you should change or what I didn't like about it. You know, I don't want to go in there and hurt your business, but I want to give you some constructive criticism. And even that's a slippery slope because... That's got to be hard. They invite you in and you don't like anything or like you get so much food. Like Yeah, or like I get that with a burger a lot. They're like, listen, I'm going to post the, the pasta. I didn't love the burger. I thought the pasta was great and I'll talk about that. And they're like, oh, what, what didn't you like about it? What did? So I try to be very professional and honest at the same time about that. Um, but again, that that's, that's hard. Um, and I, I'm sure it's very hard for businesses because, you know, everybody has an opinion these days. Everybody's a critic. Everybody's this... So you really have to approach it with, with a gentle touch and professionalism. You, know, you, can't, you can't go in there entitled and come in there with any sort of attitude. Right. Yeah, I, I remember when I worked for a chef um, a few years ago, and you know, you'd have all kinds of people coming in, and, you know, and he was invited to something. And um, I was like, how was it? He was like, oh, my God food and, da, da, da. and then when you see him at the chef's counter and I'm like oh so that's what you I mean it's crazy like mm -hmm. the I mean you see all these influencers like Josh was it Beckman the food magician mm -hmm. like you watch his stories and I'm like are you actually eating all of that like it's 
There, there are some that definitely eat it. I, I have witnessed it, but there are a lot that don't. Do you? I eat everything, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gained, I started this at 225. I'm 250-something now. Um, You're tall. So. I'm tall, so I can hide it. But, you know, I, I can attest, I've seen a, uh, I see a lot of influencers that do eat what they post. And I've seen many that, that don't eat it. I've seen many, literally, people, famous Instagrammers who have come up to me and been like, hey, can I take a picture of your burger? And, like, walk away and pose. And I'm like, you didn't even try it. You don't even know if it's good. God, why? Like, it drives me nuts. Or they... You know, the stuff that's all stacked up and shit drizzled all over it and covered in cheese and deep fried. And then they do this elaborate video and picture and then it just, just sits on the table and that. it's not touched. That, the wasting of food would drive me nuts. I yeah, mean, obviously I in the last year, we don't see as many events anymore. Um, but back in the heyday when I would see this stuff, it would just drive me up the wall. Oh, no. Now, do you guys still meet once a week? Do you go no, once, uh, once a month. Um, no, we met a few times during COVID when, when the situation arose. Um, but it's it's tough these days. Again, there's, there's no new restaurants coming out, so there aren't really any new burgers. Uh, but we try to meet up when we can and have a little fun with it still. And my, my schedule's been so busy. So I've been doing two to three pop-ups a week takes a lot of time. Oh, I could there's imagine. A, there's a lot of prep. We need to get you a rest. truck. Right now, it's it's working the way it is, but that would just mean it's it's more time outside of the office. You know, I have a daytime job that pays my bills. So if I'm doing more of these pop-ups, that means it's more time away from my work, my clients, and that's counterproductive. Now your so, day job is in finance. Yeah, I'm a financial consultant. And then how has that affected how has COVID affected all of that? Is it or the are not so much? It actually allows us to work remotely more. Um, you know, people aren't expected to be in the office every day. Even though I'm still going into the office, and I never stopped because I just can't sit at home I'm and work sick. from home. Um, I was still going into the office when nobody else was. It's and nice, though, isn't it? It is nice, and, but like it's also Richard it's today. also sad seeing what shape Midtown's in. Yeah. You know, we have this, these kind of tale of two cities right now where people go downtown and you'll go to the West Village and you'll see your, you know, popular restaurants, Via Carota and these places, Pastis being busy. That is not the tale of New York right now. You come past, you know, 14th Street into Midtown and it's a dead. ghost town. And here. normally on the weekends, anyways, up here, it's dead. Like everything's dead. But now it's like but dead. But on the weekends, you would have at least tourists and especially through the new year. I mean, I walked around Saturday night, it was empty. I mean, I took videos of it, I was going to post it, it was just empty. Even walking here to your podcast today, I literally was counting in my head the amount of businesses that are just shuttered and how many first lease signs. Well, are. and the steakhouse is closed by your office. Which one? Smith and Walensky. Well, they'll be opening up. So well, I thought they closed, closed. We actually had a conversation with them and they confirmed that they will be opening up. They own the building. So they were waiting for, I believe, 50% dining before they opened everything. You know, it costs a lot of money for restaurants to get up to speed and to get ready to open back up. And that's stocking provisions and meat and everything else and getting your staff cleaning and everything. The last thing you want to do is spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to open up and be shut down right. like we did see. So they're doing things what is right for them and I think the, the right way waiting for things to be safe enough. Um, I spoke to a lot of chefs when this was all happening, and a lot were just not comfortable bringing their, their employees to work. Like, you know, my employees have to take subways to get in, and 
it's just not safe right now. I don't feel comfortable. Yes, so they would say, we're going to keep the restaurant shut till further notice. Some have obviously more financial backing than others um, and can ride out this storm. But yeah, in the case of Smith Walensky's, they own that building. So they can ride this storm they're out. Fine. Like, they're okay. <laughs> um, so obviously when you were a little boy, you probably didn't plan on no. this. <laughs> Definitely not. What was one of your passions when you were little and have you lived it? Oh, God, I wanted to be in a band. Really? Was, yeah, that didn't go far. You could still do that. Do you play no, any? I don't do you play, play any instruments. Nope. I'm no. not even sure I could sing well. So where that dream came from, I have no idea. Um, it was either that or being Batman. So I, I at least got the Gotham thing under my umbrella. You're tall like Batman, so that would work. I had a guy last night show up, and he, he goes, Oh, dude, I've been following you forever. He goes, I, I got to be honest, though. He goes, you're a lot taller than I thought you were. <laughs> You are tall. How tall are you? Six three. Okay. Um, what are your what? Who inspires you? Oh God! I mean, my family members really inspire me. I, I look at uh, people in my family side that are really self-made and have done just a great job and respect what they do. You know, I, I think people get inspired by the wrong people a lot of times, mm -hmm. inspired for the wrong reasons. You know, I think success is different for everybody and I think people just need to be a little bit more mindful of what success is there's a lot of rich people out there that are miserable in life and they're miserable human beings that is not who you should you know emulate and, and look up to um, so I look for people who have great balances in life you know I mean obviously we all want financial freedom whatever that number is for everybody is a little bit different uh, but to have that work family you know leisure balance is what I look up to. Right. Do you feel like if COVID stays like this for like the next two years, like will you still be doing pop-ups? Will you still be? Yeah, I mean, the end goal of this, because there's been so much demand, is to have our own restaurant. Awesome. Um, I would love I'll to be do, there. I would love to do a <laughs> burger and bourbon bar. Uh, I just need to team up with the right people. You know, that's one thing I'm not. I'm not a restaurateur. So... You know, if I could find people that you can trust um, and that, that are the right fit, yeah, I would do that. Um, as for the pop-ups, we'll continue to do this, like I said today in my post, until people stop coming. You know, until people say, ah, I'm second. Now, you don't do any pop-ups, like, up more, like, around. You no, again, that's just because of the grill. The grills, I literally bought these grills, and I leave them at two places. So when I show up, I can wheel them out from up behind the bar, set them up outside. I would love to do more. There is another bar that approached me uh, about doing something, and maybe we'll we'll set up a grill there. Um, but yeah, it's Can it's, you tell it's, us? it's hard. I don't want to I don't want to say anybody okay. in case it doesn't happen. Okay. Um, but no, it's hard. It it takes a lot of time. So if I now if I add new spots, I'm also taking away from the businesses I'm trying to help downtown. So that's a little bit of a catch twenty two. There's only so much you can do. You do a lot. I mean, I'm so grateful that you do what you do for everyone and for the restaurants. I mean, I, again, I'm obsessed. I remember watch, seeing you on, like, Instagram. I'm like, i got to try this damn burger. <laughs> and then I finally went, and I'm like, oh, shit, the hype is real. Like, I did not expect yeah. to have a burger that amazing. And every time you go, every time you go, I think it gets bigger. Because I think I said that to you, like, the second time. I was like, yeah, this burger was actually better than the last one. And you looked at me, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't I mean, know. It could get a little more. So when you're making, you know, 300 burgers, 
you you got to be fast. So we don't have the time to be like, you know, and I hope that each one is good. Um, but, you know, it's not like sitting behind a restaurant where it's like, all right, we've got 10 burgers to make. Make them all look pretty. Like the feverish pace, it's just insane. My hands are killing me. I could have made My feet hurt, my back. My body is killing me after last night. And we hadn't done one in like two weeks. So like, I feel like I'm just like out of shape just from the holidays. I got uh, to get back into pop-up shape. You will. And on my podcast, we post workouts every night. They're all right there. <laughs> this is a workout. I actually, it is a during, workout. During, well, COVID, I served during, during pop-ups. I lost like fifteen pounds. Really? Yeah. Well, when I served, I mean, I always served for years and years and years and cocktailed. And there's no way I stopped ser- serving in my mid thirties. There is no way I could do it again. I couldn't. I can't be on my feet. I, yeah, it's just it's an adrenaline rush. Honestly, when we start up and I see a line of people, I'm like, well, yeah, I just it's get energy, that adrenaline. Like being in a band. It's it's that energy. It's, and then before I know it, literally my head is down for five hours, smashing burgers, inhaling beef and onions and everything else, and having a couple of drinks with people that come by that want to do a shot, and I'm like, all right, it's over. And then you've got this like lull where you can actually sit down, have a cocktail, and then you're faced with the reality that now I got to clean all this shit up. And I got to clean the grill up, put it away, get all the equipment cleaned up. And, but you don't do that by yourself. No, again, I have a team, usually one to two people that, that help me out depending on uh, the day and how, how we do it. And you does know? your family come to like a lot of your pop-ups and stuff too? Yeah, so they all came to the one at Pig Beach not that long ago. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's a fun place to sit down. Well, yeah, it's, I live in Brooklyn. Well, right now I live in Brooklyn, so it's close to my house. So. Yeah, oh, I love that place. Absolutely fantastic place. They're great guys. Uh, the food is fantastic. Actually, great barbecue. So I love doing events there because they have such a great outdoor space. Uh, I keep two grills there, so okay. I don't have to move anything. Um, and always happy to support those guys. That's a nice place. I like it. Um, what are five things we don't know about you that we would be surprised? I, know, I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty open book. Uh, no kids. People always ask me if I have children. No. Been married for 22, uh, going on 23 years. Um, what else that people don't know? This is not my full-time job. <laughs> uh, I do not make my living from Instagram. I don't own a truck. But yeah, otherwise, I, I feel like I'm a pretty open book. Uh, I always try to be as honest as I can with my posts and what I want, you know, brands that I want to team up with. Um, I think it's important for people to realize when they see these sponsor posts and brands, I mean, almost all of mine have come from posts before the actual sponsorship came up. So, for example, I just did something with Grandpa Scalzo's chicken sausages. Okay, those sausages look They're oh amazing. God. And they, they, they were nice enough to send me packs and try them out. And my response, I told them, I'm like, these are amazing. They're great. <gasps> so I cooked them and I posted them. I shared them, not because I was getting paid. And they said, we really appreciate what you've done. Would you want to do a, you know, a three-month campaign with us? And I said, absolutely. This is a product I, I could tell anybody I absolutely loved. Um, and you guys want to pay me to do that? Hundred percent on board, you know. It's it's the stuff that I think comes across the really fake. Where it's like I've never even like I see this from Instagrams all the time with liquor sponsorships, and all of a sudden they're posting you know a whiskey or something, and I'm like, you don't even drink. I know you. Yeah, I hate that. that and I, I know like... you don't drink whiskey. Like that's just insane. Because um, it's the money that's talking, and yeah. that's what. Because that what frustrates me on that is like people like me that are trying to get the followers and trying to get the brands and yep. trying to get stuff going. Yeah, we never try. We were posting about like why do you lie about? We it? were posting about bourbons and rye and whiskeys, 
and with, with never the intention of of it going anywhere other than sharing our love of these brands. Right. And one day, I got a DM from a brand saying, thank you so much for all the love on Instagram. We would love to meet you. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> we went to their office here in the city. The gentleman opened up the door and greeted us. And I had no idea who he was. And he goes, do you have time before we do a tasting? I want to show you this video we made. Sure. So four of us went in. And they brought us into their conference room and the video pops up and I look up and the gentleman on the video, his name and title president of the company is on the video. And I look up, that's the gentleman who greeted us. And we've had a great relationship with them since day one. And he said, you know, you guys have, we've heard from so many people. I drank your product because of these guys. I saw your product because of them. You know, I said, if they're always posting about it, I got to try it. And that's what being an influencer really is. I hate the term influencer, um, but when people, when you gain credibility Mm -hmm. and people follow your advice, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. You know, that makes everything you do feel, you know, worth it. Um, The money is great when it comes in, but you you shouldn't be, that shouldn't be your sole driver. No, you need, like for us, like, well, it's a podcast, um, you know, Fitness Diaries podcast. So the goal for us was to have a fun podcast to help people, you know, get inspired by themselves with health and fitness and wellness. And, you know, there's so many people that are depressed and, mm-hmm. you know, have certain medical issues and exercise and working out and meditation, like that stuff makes a difference on yeah. how you feel and how you look. And let's and, go with, with everything with COVID, with gyms shutting down. And that's not to say that you shouldn't make money from social media, because a lot of people, it is their sole source of income. And if you are running it as a business, you need sponsorships. You know, nothing's going to run itself. Right, exactly. Um, I'm fortunate enough, again, that I, I have a job, so I'm not reliant upon that. But I just think it needs to be sincere and organic. And I just see too many people out there just just trying way too hard and buying their engagement. It comes across. I can't get over people. Why would you do that? Um, what is the point of that? That's to me, I just don't get it. It's insane. I don't get it. Um, I've had a lot of fun sitting here with you talking today. I could probably sit here for another hour, but um, is there anything that you want to share that we didn't touch on? Anything coming up? Um, no, I just I really appreciate everybody who's who supported us over the years, you know, from day one following us uh, to the people who, you know, coming out to the pop-ups. I mean, we have so many regulars like yourself. I mean, that just support I us. I did not week, think I would think they're like almost every pop-up. It, it literally blows my mind and I, I can't comprehend it. I literally cannot. I see Pete and I'm like, you're here again? Well, like, like Richard, who's here, like I didn't know anyone was coming. Like I keep telling Richard about your burgers, and now that he moved to the city, he'll probably be at your pop-ups. Yeah. So I tell him all the time. So and it's great, and part but of that. But no, is he also- didn't bring me any burgers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, stay tuned. Hopefully, we have a, a brick and mortar one day. I think that would be. I amazing. think that would be awesome. I mean, I've got literally everything in my head, recipes and and. The dishes that I would love to do there, it's kind of, you know, a tribute to stuff that I love all, the, all around the country. Um, and I think it would just be a, a fun place for people to hang out, have a drink, and enjoy the burger. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know. So that would be, that's the goal. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to you. Um, I appreciate you taking the time because it means a lot to me. Um, 
And uh, that's all I got. Absolutely. This has been great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Mike Puma. I had a great time interviewing him. I, again, am obsessed with his burgers. He's a great guy, and I wish him all the success. I thank you all for listening. I hope you're all having a phenomenal new year, and you're staying safe during everything we're going through, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.